0: listening to the art of fulfillment podcast we interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies techniques and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment life isn't about external success it's all about fulfillment or in other words how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. I am Joe Corcion, I'm your host. And we're bringing you another amazing episode here as we are sitting down with one of my good friends Jeff Forrester so Jeff is a speaker he's an author he's a father he's a family man and he's someone who is devoted to helping others unleash their potential in the world no matter where they at or no matter where they're coming from and in this conversation we talk about the power of faith we talk about unleashing your potential and ultimately what you can do to transform your life in simple steps and as a matter of fact jeff also recently released a new book called unleash potential simple steps to be the best version of yourself and it it is definitely something i recommend considering that jeff is someone who is a very wise person he's given me tips to help my own life and just added so much value to not only my life but Um, all the others in the friend group that we share so jeff is an amazing person he's gone through incredible transformations and i cannot recommend this book enough so you can go in the show notes and see um, the link to purchase on amazon Uh, you can purchase the book wherever books are sold i'm pretty sure and it is called unleashed potential by jeff forrester cannot recommend it enough all right everyone let's get right into the episode and speak with my good friend jeff Jeff Forrester, thank you so much for coming on the Art of Fulfillment, my man.
1: No, oh, no, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited, and I was uh, very honored that you asked, so I'm, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, of course, and I've listened to many podcasts that you've been on, Christoph's podcast, uh, Chris Wirth, who is a former guest on here, and we're involved in the Positivity Tribe that also Chris Worth and Tim Douglas, who've been on the show, and Christoph as well. And so it's really cool to have you on here because like I said, I thought you had such a great, powerful message, a great story, and just a lot of awesome insight that people can not only learn to transform their lives, but to ultimately get towards a place where they're finding more fulfillment and purpose and meaning because that's what this whole show is about. So before we kind of get started, could you just give a little bit of a background on yourself? And I, I love your story about how you change your mindset. And with that too, you know, there was some some weight loss in there as well, as some physical transformation. But sure, kind of kind of give us a a little bit of an intro to yourself and how you change your mindset to become, you know, the person that you are today, spreading positivity and inspiring others to be their best selves.
1: Yeah, no, uh, thanks. And you'll have to wrap me up if I start to go long because sometimes I can go long. So for me, a lot of, like you had said, is a shift in mindset. And and again, I'll, I'll try to be as brief, but descriptive as possible is growing up. I grew up as, as a fat kid. I mean, it's just, there's no other way to put it. And what was interesting about that is, is that a lot of the time when growing up, it was either, I was being convinced by other people and myself. That's just the way God made me. Mm -hmm. You're just big bone. You're a big kid, which I am. I'm tall and I'm, I'm, i'm broad, but it wasn't necessarily because that's the way I was born. It was because I kept jamming ice cream sandwiches and tons of fast food in my face and and i I quickly realized not not quickly realized I now realized that looking back is a lot of that was it was emotional eating it was one of those things that makes you feel good, it tastes good, and so you eat and so one of the things that that I fell into the trap was. Back then and most of my life was I was just afraid of anything that was difficult. I wanted everything mm-hmm. to be easy. I wanted everything to be simple. And then growing up in the 70s, we didn't know everything we know about nutrition. So it was one of those things I just kept eating, kept gaining weight, kept growing <clears throat> as a as a young man. And it was just one of those things that just kept I perpetuated it by eating. Mm-hmm. But then from that created a victim mentality. But then all of a sudden it was people don't like me, girls don't like me because I'm overweight and I'm fat. So I would compensate, try to be the class clown as much as I could. Um, I, I tended to be judgmental and to some extent pick on other people because what was happening is my weight, people were picking on me. So it was one of those defense mechanisms that I learned is like, well, if these people are picking on me, I need to find somebody a little weaker, a little less confident as i was so it was just one of those things that continued to trickle down and growing up overweight growing up fat i'm just <clears throat> i'm not going to mince words i was fat is you have kids that are mean but adults can be mean as well and mm-hmm. i had plenty of adults all through middle school and even high school that would take these shots and i knew exactly what they were talking about and these are people that like teachers that i would look up to and i know that they were trying to be sarcastic and funny, but you've really got to think about what you say to other people because you don't know the impact that it can have for the majority of their life. Mm -hmm. And so through that overweight process, and and like I was sharing earlier, is it just created this mentality of people don't like me because of the way I look. I don't like me because the way I look. So my self-image just bottomed out. Mm -hmm. And so from that, I started to think, well, if I lose weight, people will like me. So then I went on this journey and right after high school, I peaked at 270 in high school. So I graduated high school at 270, which I was fat. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see it. I'll, I'll show you. But it was just, it was just this, this crazy thing. I lost my dad to lung cancer my senior year in high school.
0: Oh, and geez. so I know
1: through that, I probably, I know that I increased my eating because I'm an emotional eater. Mm-hmm. And and through that, I just made the decision as, okay, I got to lose weight. And it wasn't because of health. It wasn't because of anything. It was unfortunately an unhealthy outward acceptance that I was craving. If I can lose weight, people will like me more. Girls will like me more. And then things will continue to to go where I thought. Because again, I wasn't happy with me. And so if I could get other people to like me, then that would make me feel better. And that's, as we both know, that's just a a terrible equation. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. So I started to lose weight. And then by the time I ended over a six-year process, I lost 85 pounds.
0: That's so, and so awesome.
1: It, and it was, it was great because, I mean, I really watched what I ate. I worked out a lot. And then in college, I rode my bike everywhere all while I was still working and running the family business after my dad passed away. But people still didn't – girls didn't like me, right? And mm. I'm going, I don't understand that. I've, I've lost the weight. I look, look completely different. And it was because I still hadn't fully embraced me and didn't like who I was, and people pick up on that because then you overcompensate for a multitude of different things and, and it was just one of those things that looking back and it, it was it was challenging, right? So I have no idea if I just answered your question or if I went on a tangent.
0: No, <laughs> but, you definitely answer your question for sure for sure, man.
1: But that's where some, a lot of the beginnings for me started was, was that part. And then I've kept the weight off and I'm 47 now. So it's been a 20 year journey and I'd have a couple of little peaks and valleys, but nothing where I would get probably more than like 225 and I'm going to bring it back down I'm around 205 right now. And still, I just continued up until a few years ago, just didn't fully embrace me. I carried a lot of guilt, I carried a lot of shame, a lot of, again, the self image thing where I just was craving other things to give me fulfillment. And I know that's Mm. the name of the podcast is really the art of fulfillment. It it flows from inside.
0: Mm. And
1: until you can get that that flow from inside, fulfillment really won't be reached in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because you're constantly craving and needing somebody else to fulfill you. When in reality, that if if you can find happiness within yourself and you can make a connection with, with who you are and where you're headed, it's going to be very challenging to ever get that full feeling of fulfillment.
0: Yes, for sure. And that's very well said, man. And I know that I've told you this before you and I have such a very, very similar background in terms of where our mindsets was Cause dude, I was the same exact way, man, same exact way. And it's so, it's so humbling and, and, to hear that not only someone feels the same way, but to hear you being very vulnerable and open to the past struggles that you've had. And like, and it's, I think it's what the most interesting part of your story is that like, you did achieve the weight loss at first, but like, you still didn't have like, you know, that sense of like fulfillment after it, because it was tied to that external event, right? Like the external validation and everything. Right. And I always tell people, it's like kind of like the same thing with money, right? It's, you can make all the money in your world, but like I've known, I know countless people who are like millionaires, yet they're so miserable in their lives. Right. And it's that external thing. And you said it best is that it comes from within. So for you, like, how did you like, specifically make that shift to create fulfillment within like, what does that look like for you like on a daily basis or kind of like when you were starting to kind of shift that perspective so that other people can learn how to go from like an external validation kind of thing to more of an internal validation system to leads more fulfillment.
1: You you know, for some of it, it's just, you, you get to the point where, and I've heard your story as well, where you just kind of hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're out on the street corner but just either emotionally, physically, from, from professionally, whatever it may be, you just, you just don't feel like there's, there's anywhere to go. And that's when I just, I just gave in. You know, I'm mm-hmm. 47 years old. My dad passed away at 48. So you start to think about your mortality. And I have an, a, a, now a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And you start to think of, okay, I've been chasing all these, these outward things and seeking approval from other people there comes a point where that's just not enough. The mm-hmm. only people that I need to seek approval for that are on this earth are the family that surrounds me and the friends that surround me. And for me, where a lot of that, I, I would say the beginning of the fulfillment happened when I finally got to the breaking point where I just, I, I sat on the couch with my wife and I just opened up about everything. Mm. And I just held so much in for so long um, no matter what it particular was, some were little, some were big, but I just let it all flow out. I got it out and it was that fear that I had of the, the bullying and the picking on of from other people and then not having, you know, girlfriends and all these things that it was just this fear of rejection that I've always had. It's an immense paralyzing fear. And I let it all out and she just looked at me and went, Okay. I'm still here. And it was just such a wonderful release that I was able just to get all that out. Mm. And it's so dangerous to keep all that stuff in. And I got it out. I confided in her. And I knew that it didn't change her love for me at all. If nothing else, it brought us closer together. Mm. And that was the beginning of where I was at. It was having that confidant that I could trust that person that that I knew under no circumstances would ever waver in their support for me. Mm-hmm. And then from that, as I just, I dove deep back into my faith and I grew up in a Christian home. And at that point I just started, started slow started small and just reconnecting. Cause I was always a guy that went to church and you know, I, it was one of those things where you just, you feel like the works are going to be enough. Like, well, if I do enough good stuff, that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And, but you're still doing all the other stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So you think, well, if I can just stay, stay active and do the things. And, and I mean, I've always been a nice guy so that I just thought, well, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I go to church I do things. I, I try not to do wrong. But that's not the connection of the relationship that, that I feel is, is so important. And so it became just study, just through prayer and meditation on a morning basis. And so now I have just a super strong morning routine that I go through. Mm. I get up, I say, I, I start my coffee, I, I, I read, I have a devotion on my phone. So I start there, I read that. Um, and then I just go through prayer for about 30, 45 minutes and and I pray for myself, I pray for my family. And then just, you know, in this shift, all I wanted to do is add value to other people because I just realized I was taking and mm. I was taking in a sense because I needed to be built up. And so I would do things for other people in hopes that I would get recognized mm. And that's dangerous as well, because if you don't get recognized, then you feel lower, but you were trying to get recognized because you wanted to be lifted up. And so then I I just, over time, I was like, you know what? All I want to do is add value, plain and simple. I don't care if I get recognized at all, if I can add value to somebody else. And so I started a prayer list. I heard about it from one of the, the pastors at our church that every time he would go out to eat, He would sit down and he would ask the servers, like, is there anything that I can pray for? We're getting ready to pray for our food. Is there anything I can pray for? And he was just saying that, well, sometimes, you know, they'll respond, sometimes they'll say something, but eventually they usually come back and will say something and and ask them to pray for something. And I went, ooh, that's too bold for me. I wasn't there yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's being honest, man. It was just, it scared me to death. And I thought, you know what? I've got a core group of friends. I can send text messages out. And I can start that process. And, and it really was a cool process because it was 100% all outward. I wasn't expecting anything back. Some people kind of ended up, you know, you could tell they just weren't into it. So I just didn't bother them anymore. But then others did. And then they would start asking me if there's anything that they can pray for me about. And it grew. And I have about 30 people that mm-hmm. has just over time, I just kept adding people. And Joe, I'm telling you, man, when I'm done, I feel so good because it's all about other people. Mm. And it's all about adding them. And so that to me is if somebody's looking for fulfillment, it needs to go out. But yeah. like we talked about on on the, the the We Rise by Lifting Others Up Forum, you have to be very aware that your picture has to be full if you want to pour into other people. And I have found a couple of times found myself where I emptied my pitcher Mm. and not that I didn't want to pour into anybody else, but I felt pretty like drained. And I realized it was because I was doing so much outward without anything that I needed to do. So whether it was a 20 minute afternoon nap, if it was just reading something for me, if it was uh, just, just something that I needed that that is so critically important that it's not always out. you got to fill your own picture and then it just it's so helpful
0: mhm for sure, <laughs> and I think that's uh a lot of the common issue i shouldn't say issue but something that holds some people back in the space that we're in right, like you and I were in the space of like motivating people and I think a lot of times people forget that, yes, it's great to help other people, but it all starts with, with taking care of ourselves, right? And I appreciate you saying that just because you know, uh, I'm assuming this episode is going to be released after Christoph's episode, but I just had Kristoff on again, Christoph Lewis, and he talked about the same thing, how he's going through that in his life right now, shared his whole story in the podcast. For those listening who haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. But Um, I think it's a very, very awesome point. And I appreciate you sharing your morning routine and how devoted to uh, your faith practices. And as you were saying that, like I can literally feel like how how much this means to you and how much of a source of fulfillment is. So I'm going to actually do something very different that I've never actually asked on this podcast because for those listening, I'm actually very in exploring my faith right now and I know that you're in it and so for those listening right now welcome to this this first thing but for, <laughs> you, for, for you like talk to me a little bit about how faith plays such an important role in fulfillment and why believing in something higher than yourself allows you to have a more meaningful life than maybe if you weren't to or just what it means to you in general you know.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a great question, and and I appreciate you asking because nobody's ever asked me that before, and and I love difficult. I would say it's a difficult question because mm-hmm. there's you you get to the point where you just you feel it, you know it, but I nobody's ever asked me to to communicate that. So bear with me as I probably stumble through this.
0: <laughs> Go for ahead. Me,
1: What what's so important for me is knowing that something's bigger that that's out there that's unconditional that mm. that i know under no circumstances that 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 god has never left my side has always been there and through that his his best gift was free will and so through free will we have the ability to to make choices it's either move away or get closer, mm-hmm. and that free will is so incredibly powerful. And for me to have the free will to say, "I want to," I, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going towards that that example that that has been so well provided and documented within the Bible and throughout. That you just start to study and you see the message that's so incredibly filled with love and compassion and caring along with correction and guidance and, and structure, but it's, it's not law. I mean, the, the two laws is love me, right. And love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's, it's that, it's just, it's, it's showing the love and the compassion that's there that doesn't have all these rules bound to it. Mm. And for me, the fulfillment comes from knowing that I have the love of, of a God and I have the love of Jesus that, that sacrificed his life on the cross for what he believed in. Because, you know, he came to this earth as a man and lived as a man and put himself on the cross and accepted everything for me.
0: Mm. I mean,
1: like me, Jeff, and Orlando, I mean, that just, it's incredibly humbling to me to know that that, that sacrifice was, was there and that I'm worthy enough for that when I've just shared that my whole life I didn't think that I was mm. and I didn't even think that, that, was, that I was worth it and that the guilt, the, the shame of past sins and those things that I have done, I never released. And when I gave into that and I gave all that stuff away. I mean, the, the burden that just lifted off of me was incredible. And, you know, going through life and having, having a, a source to tap into on a regular basis to, to know that you you have the, the compassion, knowing that I'm going to mess up, mm. I'm going to mess up a lot. And, but through that mess up, it's, you turn away from it. He forgives you of it. So therefore, I need to forgive myself for it. And then I'm moving ahead. Mm. And what's happened so often, we get so hung up in our past that we can never really turn around and see what's ahead of us. Mm. I lived my better part of 45 years that way is that there was so much I was ashamed of, so much that I wish I hadn't done. Oh, I wish this was me and I wish that was me. And 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 Joe, when I fully gave in that it's i have a, a beautiful home I have a beautiful family as long as i have my family i don't care where i live i don't care what i'm going to do and having a wife that that supports me and is behind me and knows that look as long as we're together we'll figure out everything else and it just removed all the importance of everything and then i was doing some studies the other day and we always think about people talk about the stewardship that God provided us all these things. And so by doing that, we need to give back. and We need to do those, uh, the, the tangible financial things that, that we've been good stewards of the money because of the parable of the talents, but also relies to, I need to be a good steward of the ability that God gave me. I need to be a proud of the ability that God gave me. And that comes from the adding value that it, it's, it's necessary for me to try to add value to people, to try to communicate these messages to people because God has given me that ability to be able to. To um, Jack, I was talking to him one day, and, and he just told me he's like, "You got a good way to distill things down for people," and I've always been pretty good at that. But I started thinking, I was like, "You know, that's one of the gifts that that God has given me." So mm-hmm. I, I know that I've probably all over from what you shared, but all those things just to me adds to why I'm fulfilled and why my faith is important. And every time you read, you feel better. Every time you you release something and you start to think, uh, just last week, and, and I shared this last Tuesday on our mastermind call, is that I found myself in this position of judging people who wanted to wear a mask and I don't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just stopped. I was like, wait a minute that's not what I should be doing. That's not a living a Christ-like example. That's feeding into one side versus the other. When I need to try to be the one that's compassionate, say, look, I, I'm not a mask guy, but I can also respect that you, you are, and you want to mm-hmm. do that. And you feel like that's bet, your best decision for you protecting yourself and protecting your family and the other people around you. So that's great. So I need to be more accepting of that. And so I just, I went in and I, I prayed and I asked for forgiveness of that. And I, and it's on my mind every day, not in a, an unhealthy anxiety Mm -hmm. way, (laughs) which I do have a lot of those, but it was one of those things that just, it helped me because I can just tell my approach to people, my approach to wanting to have a genuine connection and adding value to somebody has been gracious. And that's a Christ like example for me is -hmm. that when you read and you study what he did is it was always outward. It was either for the other person and him connecting them with his father. And so that is so powerful for me that it just, it guides me daily. So,
0: Mm -hmm. well, Jeff, for the first time answering that question, you did a remarkable (laughs) job, man. Like seriously, there was multiple times during that where I've gotten chills and I will be totally honest with you. Like there have been, I would probably say for the most part of the past two years when I would hear anything in religion, like it would just never resonate with me. And that was, you know, one, one of the few times in the very recent kind of my recent history that it's really resonated with me. And you've touched you touched so many different bases there and how it affects your life. And and I love how you touched it back to your need or I should say fear of rejection growing up and and tying it back to saying like, yeah, something does think I'm worthy out there, which is just absolutely remarkable. And I'm wondering if, if your faith had any role in getting rid of the victim mindset, because, um, just to be transparent for me, like I definitely had the victim mindset, but one of the things that actually did stray me away from religion at the beginning was that, um, I was like, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? If there's a God, this shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, like right. he was doing this to me if he really loved me, you know? And then I, I, I mean, later on, I've come to realize that that was such a, wrong mindset, but I'm I'm curious to see like if that had any role in helping you kind of transition from this victim mindset to, you know, the strong positive growth mindset that you have now. That
1: definitely helped, I tell you, what really put me on the path. And I know you're a huge fan of the growth mindset book by Mm -hmm. Carol DeWick. I mean, that really that helped me define it because she does such a wonderful job describing me as a student in school versus the growth mindset. (laughs) Because I was not. It was whatever's easy, that's what I want to do. If it's if it's challenging, if it's difficult, just let me pass the test. You know, I used to be proud in college when people were like, what's your major? And I was like, just getting out. I I just wanted to go down the path of least resistance to get out. It's so awful. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I when I look back, I mean I learned a ton. I went into public relations, which was really the lane that I wanted to go and teaching me public speaking and some of those things. But the reason why I did it was very similar to the reason why I lost weight. It it wasn't for the right reason. Mm. And when I I started to think differently about losing that victim mindset and I, I started putting, if anybody wants to do this, it's a lot of fun. It's challenging. And I would encourage you to do it as well is to write a timeline and start making tick marks on the timeline and put the times that you can remember when you considered yourself a victim. Mm. Meaning of, I mean, there's people who are victims of crime. So we're taught we need to separate the two of those right, right, or right. things like that, but just certain situations. Cause I remember times in work, it's like, Oh, woe was me? And Oh, I wish I just could have gotten here a little sooner or I wish I could have done this. And you know, it was because of this, that I didn't get this. And if you start tracking that, and that's when I was reading her book, that's what I started thinking about. I was like, oh, good grief. I mean, it's just, it's such a terrible way to think. I mean, it's so negative. The world pushes that on us. It's no, it's never our fault. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love about, I know you're a Goggins fan as well, is that's what I love about him is the the fact that he just embraces all of it and just Mm -hmm. runs with it. So her book started me. I shared my situation that I had on the couch and then I found the living with a seal book, which introduced me to Goggins. And then I read Mm -hmm. Goggins book and that even shifted my, my trajectory in out of that fixed mindset even more because I, I I literally did the steps in his book. I had the accountability mirror. I had all my post-it notes and I still have post-it notes and it was so It was scary, but it was so fulfilling, and it's been so neat to see all the things that I've been able to accomplish and change my mindset. His one of my favorite sayings that he said on one of his Instagram live posts when he was talking about how he didn't want to go run or or do something, and I'll clean it up because. But he's like, "Hey, brain, I went again," right? And I just I loved that. And there's been so many instances when I've run and I've come back in, and I was like, "Hey." brain. I won again. I got this. I did this. But then with that, I would, I started to make it my own. And so I know you're a big proponent of running without headphones. So you can clear your head and get into that, that beautiful space that is just quiet. And there were several instances, this goes back to, and it's still on my mirror where I I just was sitting there and I, I had that aha moment of God won't reject me. Why am I so worried about Impressing other people, God won't reject me, and so I wrote it down on a post-it note, and it's on my mirror, and I look at that every day. Wow! And that was so vital to just reminding myself of those critical points that that helps me be and stay in fulfillment. And that I can't believe I forgot about that when I, when you asked me that question is that's a huge benefit when you know that that God's love will never be. Um, taken away from you. There's nothing mm-hmm. we can do to have that taken away. And that's a wonderful feeling when you've felt like you've re- been rejected or that no one likes you and those type things. And so that was critical. Um, so that shift just came through a lot of deliberate self-talk and just making sure that that whatever comes out of my mouth now is productive. It's It's positive it's helpful, maybe not to you, but it has to be for me. And, mm. and a, a good buddy, Chad Wright, he talks about your tongue is your rudder. And you think of what it, your, your tongue and the words that you say can steer your ship one way or the other. And if you are constantly saying negative things out loud, you're gonna change your thought pattern. Just the opposite, the more positive things you say, can change your thought pattern,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's a a, um, a good doctor. I believe he was a chiropractor, but Doctor Thurman Fleet he devised the stick figure. And so, if you look up the stick man, he talks about how you have the conscious, the subconscious, which then flows to actions, which leads to results. Mm-hmm. And so, your conscious mind programs your subconscious, which leads to habits,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is your your actions. And so if you are constantly telling yourself, and this, I believe that Napoleon Hill talks about this, James Allen, as a man thinketh, Emmett Fox, all these guys from like the 20s and 30s talked about this of just feeding your brain with the right stuff. And if you have the right, if you're saying the right words to yourself, you're going to program your subconscious to then have the correct output. And that's what I've done. I'm I'm just constantly to the point where I'll, I'll be talking to my daughter and I was like, okay. And she'll say something bad. I was like, Oh, what are you supposed to say? She's like, dad, don't start. I'm, like, I'm good <laughs> enough. And she's like, don't start. I was like, Oh, I'm I'm smart enough. Repeat after me. <laughs> she's like, Oh, good grief. But now she started <laughs> what I call her my little positivity princess. Cause she's constantly writing signs and putting stuff all over the place. So oh, it's great. Amazing. And so from, from those aspects, that's, what has helped me shift from that fixed mindset and get away from the victim mentality to realize that if I play the victim card, I have no power. Mm. I'm tired of not having power. I want my power back. I want to be strong. I want to be confident. And the only way I can do that is admit if I was wrong and then turn and go the opposite direction. The only way I can have power is if I'm scared, say I'm scared, but then what am I going to do to overcome that?
0: Mm.
1: And it's, I I was watching, I think it's called Fine Lines. It's a documentary about mountain climbing. And the guy today, I can't remember his name because I just saw it, but he said something that I even jotted it down when he said it. He goes, so often we have to figure out to determine what's the real stuff and what's our imagination. Mm. And I realized there was so much, probably 90% of the things, 95% of the things that I was afraid of was my imagination Mm. that I created in my own head. And so now it's just, it's forcefully changing the way I think. And if it happens in here, it doesn't come out of my mouth. Mm. And so I know we're on a podcast. If it happens in my head, it doesn't come out of my (laughs) mouth. I know you can see me, but they can't. Right. Uh, But that's, if those are little tricks that I can offer any of your listeners is to just be very aware of what you say to yourself. And if you want to pull yourself out of something, you can do it. You just have to have the right self-talk and don't let the negative influence in your head, it's going to, it's going to take a while, but you can reprogram it. It's Jim Quick talks about the most powerful supercomputer on earth is your brain. And it is so incredibly powerful. And if we can just program it with the right things, feed it with the right nutrition, dude, we're unstoppable.
0: Dude. Yeah. And so many good nuggets from that answer, man. Seriously, like from the piece of going into your subconscious mind and that's where all the change begins, because that that literally is, I mean, again, starts from the conscious mind, but the reason why we feed stuff into our conscious mind is to go into our subconscious because our subconscious is what drives our habits, our actions, our automatic thoughts, all those things. And I loved how you gave that, that notion of self-talk and how important it is, right? Goggins talks about it. Mark Devine talks about it. Um, all Chad Wright, even like you said, he talks about it as well. Like When you see the amount of people who are not only successful in their life, but fulfilled doing it, it must be true. And let me tell you too, guys, Jeff isn't someone who just is on here saying it. I mean, when he's saying that he does difficult things, he did the Canadian calendar club last month. And <laughs> like every single day, he was always posting his his runs, his mileage. Like you do 26 kilometers and the next day you do 27 and then 28, like on each respective day of the month. And the guy kept going. So I love I love Jeff because he he actually puts it into practice and I encourage everyone to follow him on Instagram too to see like all this amazing stuff that he does and not only that but um you are such a beacon of positivity you're always putting out positive stuff I see you commenting on like every single post that someone tags you in which is honestly incredible because for me like I It just sometimes like I'll just like it, but like you always are going the extra mile. So um, first of all, we want to say kudos to that. But secondly, it's it goes to show like how much that you are trying to put positivity in the world, so that other people's subconscious mind can be fed by that positivity, which I thought was really great. And one of the things that I just love and respect so much about you is your level of self awareness, right? And you even reminded me of. Uh, Goggins right in the beginning of the podcast, first person that came to mind, even before you mentioned him was when you were like, I'm not going to mince words. Like I was fat. And I was like, yeah, like, damn. Like, I mean, like it takes a level of self-awareness to like, look at that. And so what would you say for our listeners? Cause I believe, and I believe, and I would be willing to say that you agree is that self-awareness is probably one of the biggest keys to transforming your life. Um, so what would you encourage, uh, our listeners to do in order to increase their own self-awareness so they can make whatever change they want in their life? Yeah. It, it, you know,
1: everybody's different in how they can talk to themselves. And I got that. I learned those phrases, you know, from Goggins because mm-hmm. I was always, again, afraid of, of who I was, but, and then I'll get to it is being afraid of who you were is just that who you were or who you currently are doesn't mean who you're going to be. So I would say from a self-awareness is it's okay to be aware and call yourself out. You don't have to do it in front of other people. If you, if you're, if you're comfortable, start small, just start small and have little wins to prove to yourself. And I heard this on an Ed and Milet interview is just be okay and start having wins, keeping promises to yourself. Mm. And over time, what will happen is you'll feel more comfortable going through it. Mm-hmm. And you may feel one day that it's okay to, to, to call yourself fat if you're comfortable doing that. Some people just aren't there yet. But, it, you, know, it, but you still need to admit it to yourself and, and don't be ashamed of having to admit it to yourself. Say, that's who I was, but starting today, I'm going to be a different person. And that's where you get your power back. Don't allow the things that you're ashamed of to, to keep control of your power. And so do little notes, do little things that fills your brain with the positivity to bring you into that point of self-awareness where you feel like it's okay. If it's mm. if you're not okay yet, you know, go see somebody that can help you deal with the past. There's trained professionals that are very skilled in helping you do that. So, the, the caveat I just like to to say that I, like I was in a decent frame of mind when I went through all this, and so be aware of where you're at. Be aware that that you can change yourself and, and to really talk to yourself and and reassure yourself that you are strong enough. And it's like Stuart Smalley, you are good enough, and people do like you. You know, mm-hmm. that's just one of those things that. We're all a mess. I don't care who you are. Everybody's got issues, and that was one of the things that I that helped me is I would watch people and people that I used to admire. I would sit there and look at them and go, "They probably have a lot of the same problems that I do, Mm. or more. You know, or they're doing that because that's kind of how I used to act. And so, why am I envying them when I've got a, a wife?" And two kids, a mom, and a brother, and a bunch of friends. Like I'm, I'm pretty rich, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So from a self awareness perspective, it's one of those things. I I just feel like it's so individual that each person just you need to look at what you're trying to gain, what you want to try to do, and don't try to you know change everything at one point. You Mm -hmm. just start and just whittle things away as you go. And so for me is You know, I, I admitted that I was fat because I wasn't overweight anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was helpful. But if you're overweight and you're tired of being overweight, just don't make any, just stop making excuses is the first thing and saying, well, I can't until tomorrow. Say, well, no, you know, the first step could be is I don't want to do it until tomorrow. Uh, That to me is, is important. It's changing your words, your external communication is stop making excuses you don't want to do it just say you don't want to do it and what you'll find is through those steps at least for me what I'm finding is the more I say that to myself if I don't want to do it and I'm just honest it's pretty cool because then I can hold myself accountable like well why don't you want to do it mm-hmm. and these I, this stuff happens in my head this conversation <laughs> like this and then I'll go well I don't want to do it because it just seems difficult and I'm scared okay what are you scared about are you physically gonna get hurt Are you going to damage something or hurt someone else? No. Okay. So what's the big deal? And then I would just go do it.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I, I wasn't excited about doing the calendar club, but I committed to a friend and then each day I was like, okay, so I know you don't want to do it, but I need to do it. I made a commitment. I need to follow through on that commitment. But it was just doing those little things over and over and just, not making an excuse. Cause there's plenty of times like, well, I can't go today because it's raining mm. or I've got too many calls that I have to make. So I could excuse to myself to death. And that's what most people do is, well, I'll start tomorrow
0: mm-hmm. or I'll
1: start the next day or, you know, instead of just saying, I don't want to do it. And I respect people so much more. And I'm still in that. Again, I still have that, that fear of rejection and, acceptance that still flows through me Mm -hmm. and I still have to tell myself is if I don't want to do something just say you don't want to do it don't make some cheesy excuse that everybody knows is an excuse but you've just created this to ease yourself and be passive aggressive Mm. so that would be I guess a one step man I'm talking a lot
0: (laughs) no dude you're you're rocking it man you're rocking there's a reason why I'm letting you go because it's good stuff it's good stuff man
1: yeah but that i mean from from that aspect and that's the victim mentality as well and just being self aware and and taking those steps it's that excuse.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz
1: i really like you said the self awareness i listen to what i say mm. and i realize through this i've said but quite often and i try to eliminate the the non necessary buts cuz most mm. people say too many buts in their sentences and that's what i try to do in every aspect of my life, if I say something, I hold myself accountable to what I said. Wow. And could I have said that differently? Not in the sense of, well, would Joe have a thought of it differently? Is, did that express really what I needed to say in a genuine, compassionate way that's also thinking of the other person, but keeping my best interest at heart as well?
0: Mm-hmm, wow, I mean, that is just amazing to hear that, you know, you're even aware mid podcast of of other times. I mean, Hey, does not bother me at all. Like no worries. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Like the fact that you noticed it over me, I was like, Whoa, damn. Like, like <laughs> seriously, another, another nod to your self-awareness, but dude, I, I love that answer. And I love, again, the whole principle of um, the two things in there that I think are important is number one, like not only recognizing your thoughts, but challenging them. I, I loved it when you kind of explained like the conversation that you have with your thoughts, right? Challenging them though, it comes in and says like, Oh, I'm scared. It's like, Oh, what are you scared of? And trying to like talk it down right to the point where you get to, you know, deep down at your core, what you really want to do. You might not feel like doing it, but I don't think a lot of people, like you said, they don't, they don't have the honesty with themselves they, they try to like shove it in, you know, and they say like, they, they feel like they don't want to do it, but they, they never just like acknowledge that thought for what it is. They're just trying to like, you know, push it away. And that's usually when it becomes louder and the excuses come and they succumb to it. So I think it's a really, really interesting perspective on there and I appreciate you sharing. And dude, honestly, man, like you're talking a lot, but you're dropping absolute bombs. <laughs> and that's why I, you know, wanted to have you on the podcast, man. lot of great insight here for sure. I guarantee that anyone listening right now um, has some great actionable tips to go out and change their life. And I appreciate you sharing about your faith. I appreciate you being open. I appreciate you being vulnerable. And then Jack was right, man. You do break things down in such a articulate and understandable way because these are not these are not the most simple concepts, but you make them seem very simple enough for people to implement in their lives. So I want to say thank you for that. And before I ask my last question here, Jeff, where can our listeners find you if they want to follow you on Instagram and, and see all the amazing things that you're doing. Cause let me tell you guys and girls for who are listening, Jeff puts out positivity every single day on his Instagram. If you're looking to find people to feed your mind with the right things, Jeff is someone you want to have in your rolodex of people that is going to help you get there. So, so where where can our listeners find you if they're they're curious to dig in more into your world?
1: Yeah, so I'm only active on Instagram, and my, I tried to make my name on there easy to find. It's Jeff, and then the number four, Esther. So mm. it's just my first and last name. So I figured that would be a fun way that people can find me. So that's oh. that's the best place to find me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And guys, I cannot put my stamp on approval of Jeff, even, even bigger than I already do. Um, definitely follow him for some great positivity. Um, he's always supporting me too, which I cannot tell, tell you how much I appreciate that. And, um, it's just a pleasure to have you as a friend in my life, Jeff, for sure. And thank you. And for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you? And I know you already shared this, but um, feel free to rehash or go a new direction if you want. But what fulfills you in life? Uh, just
1: striving every day to add value to other people. I mean, that's just to me. You just you can't do anything else. And and so often I've tried to do other things, and I just realize I keep getting in the way. And through through prayer and just trying to listen, is all I hear is add value. And so for me, knowing that I'm able to add value to other people in a simple way is just blessing enough for me.
0: That's awesome, man. Dude, Jeff, you are the man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm telling you, man, this was this a better place because you're in it. No doubt about it.
1: It was awesome. Thanks, Joe.
0: Nope, no problem. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Art of Fulfillment. If you like this episode, you're going to love the book that Jeff recently wrote called Unleashed Potential. Simple steps to be the best version of yourself. And you can find it on Amazon, either in Kindle or actual physical copy. Um, So you can go out and do that by looking at the link in my bio or just going onto Amazon and typing in Unleashed Potential Jeff Forrester. You will find it there. And if this episode added any value to you, then you know what, I would love to continue to add more value to you. So if you would like any help from me in terms of asking questions, getting advice, um, you want to make sure that you're on the path of fulfillment, whatever that is, I always make myself available to my listeners. So feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Joe Corcion, and I'll be more than happy to help you with anything that you have. And we're here four times a week, And on the Art of Fulfillment podcast, where we do two interviews a week, one solo cast with me and one co-hosted episode with my boy, Ryan Wilson. A lot of cool stuff coming for the Art of Fulfillment. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.